Okay, so Matt, it's the second day of racing here, Scathlon Day, um, but let's just touch base a little bit about Thursday and the classic sprint. So um, one thing of note, and I want to talk about the guys' side first. One thing of note, you know, initially it was like, oh, where's Simi Hamilton? Um, and I talked to Tom Horrocks, who's the PR guy for the USQ team there, and that was just a roster decision. And it sounds like, and I know that Simi had this great post on Instagram talking a little bit about, you know, giving the race start to Ben or wanting Ben to take that race start. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. It's, uh, you know, Simi had the start. Ben was our first alternate. Uh, and it's great that it went to Ben. Uh, we, we gave Sim the first right of refusal. Um, he would have uh, been probably our second pick behind JC and the classic sprint. But what we're looking for out of Sim is uh, big swings and uh, big hits here. And we felt like the very best day uh, might be into the semis, maybe sneaking out of the semis, but uh, there wasn't going to be a shot at the podium. And, and we're talking very best day. So uh, what we've instead been able to do is focus rather uh, intently on <clears throat> sprint and uh, races in the future here. So really putting uh, more eggs in one basket and we feel really good about it. And it was just a blessing in disguise for Benny because he was incredibly inspiring, not just for our team, but uh, the whole, you know, Bib, Bib 61 uh, registering third fastest time at one K at the top of the final climb. And he got a little goofy <laughs> for about 10 seconds. We were watching just a, just one, steady long save where his legs were just out <laughs> out of control and he was just barely staying on his feet on the last downhill but so exciting yeah yeah that was pretty impressive and tom sent a video clip of him charging i think we're you know charging up that last hill and it's kind of interesting because it, it, it's proof positive that you know how the, it's not a striding situation anymore it's a running situation um yeah, and he's mastered that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And in that, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And in that last, uh, that that final climb, I mean, Ben was probably the only guy in the race to catch his thirty second man before the one k mark. Thirty seconds? Or, sorry, I'm fifty second man. And uh, no, that's okay. I was yeah. like, yeah, did I knew the, he caught, even fifteen <laughs> seconds is crazy. Yeah, it was amazing. And you know, did the the nice guy track, which is to not call track and just go around. So uh, we haven't we haven't gotten on his case about that yet, but but we will before the week's over. <laughs> okay. So, you know, sticking on the men's side, I think JC finished maybe 22nd or 20th. I know he qualified, I think, in 20th. Um, but, you know, all in all, some of the, the, the vets were just out of making the heats. Holistically, you know, how did you perceive that day? Obviously, two, two younger athletes uh, doing quite well. Yeah, sweet and sour. Uh, as you know, uh, it's really ex exciting to, to see the young guys coming through. Um, and in some cases, beating the older guys. And the older guys are welcoming it to bring it. They're, they're asking for it to happen. And uh, love to see it. But it was, it was disappointing for Kevin and Logan to be out of qualification. But uh, certainly... Uh, exciting and uh, JC and Ben carried us into the heats. So. Okay. Um, women's side. Um, Sophie in the late 20s, you know, I think, uh, again, I haven't pulled up those results, maybe 26. Yeah, like 20, 23 and 26, Jesse and Sophie, something like that. 
So, you know, I think traditionally we think of obviously Sophie as a very strong uh, classic sprinter. I think the same now of, of Jesse. So maybe comment a little bit about what you saw out there. Um, and then I think, you know, sort of not swirling around, there's a couple, you know, I'm getting a text here and there or an email. And I, obviously I I've do the podcast with Devin and we had... Uh, Lenny Valius on. So we're talking about skis and were skis like slow was the kick, you know, a skew a little bit. So anyway, we can drill down on that as well. Yeah. Skis were a little off for the women and maybe you could say for most people, they weren't, uh, they weren't way out. Um, you know, Ben skis were obviously excellent. And so it wasn't necessarily uh, a product issue. Um, but it was pretty clear to me with, uh, both Sophie and Jesse in particular, that stood out to me that as they were double polling by me in their quarters, uh, these are two people that, that they train their high end often. And so for them to go fast and to keep up with a pack is not hard. And you could just tell that they were working hard and uh, just to stay on the back of that pack. So right out of the start, you could tell the skis were a little bit slow. And <clears throat> this is a team, as we've discussed with our techs, uh, the athletes love to say, uh, you know, to take the heat for bad races. But uh, as a staff, we don't really feel like that's fair. And we've told this to the athletes. When when there is question about the skis, we want um, the techs and the staff and coaches to own that. And, and that's what we're doing. Okay. Um, so I am kind of curious, you know, from like talking a little bit more about the skis, where do you is it uh is it purely a function of speed um or is it on a course like this where you know there's running involved there's a little bit of striding there's double pulling there's some big glide outs um yeah i mean i know that's a lot to kind of speak to but are you able to yeah yeah you know that that course in particular is most sliding or running and uh <laughs> It, it seemed, uh, based on a couple comments running over the tops of the hills, you know, feeling the wax and, and not being able to let it kind of come free, uh, is a good indication that there's just a little bit of drag going on. And, and, and frankly, uh, it wasn't a big miss, but in a condition like that in spring skiing and transformed snow, uh, having anything but the best skis uh, is, is totally Ne it is necessary. Skiathlon, which I, you know, I'm biased. I really enjoy watching this just from a technique perspective to see, you know, the, uh, one athlete swap from classic to, to skate. Um, so I'm glad it's still a viable enterprise at the World Cup level. That said today, you know, I think, you know, clearly from Jesse's quote uh, after the race that she, she was wanting more and felt like again like maybe the skis were off slightly um do, can you maybe clarify that or speak to that issue yeah we we think the skis were off and um i don't know how how badly they were off and i know the men's race ended our <clears throat> our staff has been out there trying to investigate uh what went wrong and also what went right um you, you know because it's uh <laughs> it's very easy to go down the wrong wormhole and uh, blame it on one thing when it's actually another. A lot of factors go into these skis. And on a course like today where uh, the, the main hill lasts about five minutes long, it's, um, 
if you're off a little, you're going to be off a lot. So uh, I think that's what we saw today. It just, uh, you need to be fresh for the Bergstall, which is that big climb. Sophia Lockley, I think uh, 25th today. So her first world championship and her first world championship start, probably, you know, off the top of my head, she's got a, a handful of World Cup starts. Yeah. What were you seeing out there from her today? That was awesome. Yeah. She, uh, you know, we knew this classic portion was going to be tough. She's, uh, you know, not the strongest double polar. And, uh, and I know she was struggling a little bit with some of the downhills. Um, but on the climb, she, her energy was high. And we were definitely excited to see her moving up in the skate. So definitely, uh, definitely fun to watch her race today. Okay. Guys, uh, swapping to the guys side. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So exciting race. And one of the things of note was that, you know, as you're watching the live feed, you're seeing Americans, you know, right in there with Scott Patterson and David Norris. Um, yeah. So a little bit about their, uh, display today preparation that's the that's the first thing i'm going to say about that they were they were fit and fast and psyched today it was uh it was really really inspiring to watch them just uh, eat that hill up um the second thing i'll say is that our techs uh nailed the wax for the men and with such a tight turnaround wow it is it is tough psychologically on a staff when you're coming out of a race where we are not feeling confident and you can't let the men know that uh, and you can't let it affect the process of getting the men on the best skis and product possible. So uh, when you can turn it around like that, it's uh, an incredible feat. And, and, and that's the, that's the takeaway from today that uh, it's, it's pretty often too, where a team has a, a bad race uh, in the women or the, whoever is racing first and, and in a bad second race too. So, so proud that we were able to turn it around and, and nail that wax. Yeah. I, I'm kind of curious and I know you probably are not going to get into like proprietary um, sort of workflow, but what the, if you can sort of give us an idea of what that might look like, you know, a race finishes or maybe even during the race, you're noticing speed is off on the product that you have on the women's skis. Are you able to go out to test tracks during the women's race um, and start modifying? And, you know, how does that play out? What does that look like? Yeah, uh, the men's skis are in large part ready overnight. Um, you know, binder and first layer clister might be um, cooling and, and hardening overnight. And so we're, we're well on our way to, to having those skis ready before uh, the men even arrive, before they start testing. Um, but as soon as the techs hand the skate and classic skis off to the women who go to race, all attention focuses on the men's skis. So, uh, you know, the techs don't see any of the women's race except by glancing over when they're coming out of a tuck on the test track or going up the test hill testing classic wax. Um, so it was, uh, it was a tight turnaround as it often is with the skiathlon. And, um, Fortunately, we've got guys that uh, that just are so incredibly experienced and and so into it and so dedicated to putting the best skis on the athletes' feet uh, that it's just uh, just another day of work. Okay, and last question on the skis. I know you talk quite a bit about, and we we've, we've spoken about, you know, allowing athletes to have their ten minutes, thirty minutes, whatever of sort of disappointment and 
getting the vibe, you know, sort of dwelling on the bad vibe and then moving on because there's the possibility that that might sort of affect teammates and affect that athlete as well and just the culture. How, how do you let, how, yeah, what do you allow yourself when you're like, holy, you know, we miss the wax or something about your side of, of the agreement that you're trying to do your best and fulfill for the athletes? How do you process that and how much time do you give yourself before you're like, okay, case closed, I'm moving on? Yeah, we have to move on pretty quickly because um, <laughs> humans can detect what you're what you're thinking. And uh, Kate and I were our, our head development coach, Kate, Kate Johnson. Uh, we were talking about how just like <laughs> one of the great successes of a day like today is if you can turn it around, if you can uh, be disappointed in the skis that we put on the athlete's feet. And and when I say we, I do mean we coaches are involved in this too, that it's not for the techs to take um, full heat for because uh, that's how we run our program. Everybody's involved in the wax. And, uh, but it's, it's one of the things that makes the good days <laughs> great uh, because the bottom line is you do go through defeat and in, in tough conditions. It's, it's, uh, it's a part of the game. And as as it was for us the other day, where we had a couple sets of great skis and, a, and, a, and some some skis that weren't great, it was same for for Sweden, where it looked like Lin Svan and Maya Dolfqvist did also have the same skis that maybe Jonas Sundling had, and perhaps Paul Goldberg versus the three Norwegians swept. So ski selection is a huge piece of this. It's not just product, and after that, it could be structure. And then after that, it's uh, application or, you know, in, in no particular order. There's so much that goes into it. Okay. Uh, thanks, Matt. Appreciate your honesty. And uh, yeah. I, I appreciate the hard questions. It's uh, it's the part of the story. And, you know, these are hard days. <laughs> we've, had a, we've had a lot of days this winter that were uh, emotionally easy where we experienced a lot of success. And, uh, this is, <laughs> these, this is a huge part of it as well. So, uh, we're moving forward and, and thankfully our guys came huge today.